Welcome to another episode of the Monkey Business Show. Today we brought the big guns. What's up, Lyrical and Trend? We're very happy to have you. Thank you. Hi. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to be here. I, I guess now I have to turn off this uh, this Counter Strike that I've watched. I've never oh watched Counter Strike, but it's big, and the Brazilian team's playing, and the fans love it. They're just cheering and screaming, and then they're really quiet when they mm. lose. Uh, it's it's been quite a twenty five minutes for me here. <laughs> that, I, I, it's, it's pretty awesome. I don't know. You don't watch a lot of CSGO? No. <laughs> ah. Oh, it's amazing. I haven't watched that much. Actually, of it I mean, unless I'm watching OG CSGO. Right. Obviously. Then we always watch it. See. Yeah. Yeah. Then I, I'm always tuning in. I, 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 yeah. Because you love the players that we have, right? Like, for yeah, example, yeah, our snipers. All those players, players. Those OG <laughs> players. Um. I like them all so much that I wouldn't want to name any of them because, you know, I wouldn't want the other ones to feel bad. I know it's really good. Thank you so much for for showing that kind of kindness to my roster, my man. No um, I do have to apologize real quickly though, because you asked us to come on the podcast when we were at TI, and I really wanted to, but both of us were absolutely horrified and terrified of potentially getting sick or like messing something up. So we were like little hermits cuddled in a ball in our hotel rooms the entire time. Um, otherwise, we would have been on it earlier. But it means that we get to be here now and talk about TI afterwards, which is great. Yes, this is the post TI uh, episode. Well, I would say that uh, don't worry about not being able to make it there. Uh, it was a fantastic experience. We cracked like a hundred thousand views in a few of the episodes, which is pretty awesome. And we did it the good way because now I can talk about it. When I found out that uh, we were well, we were going to do the after show, but then Peter Flax has his own show, mm -hmm. so he was like, "Hey, come on, like don't don't put your show after mine or like on top of mine." And I was like, yeah, of course, don't worry. We'll wait until you finish, and then we'll go live. So we did it the right way without trying to crush That's him. That's true. You did. Nailed it. Because we obviously, we love him, you know? And why would we compete with him with his product? Yeah. But we had so many interesting stories about what happened in, during that week. Because, <laughs> again, this is one of the, of the previews of, I don't know how many of these things will make the podcast. <laughs> but holy shit. We got rushed by fans one of the days that we were going to Arena. We couldn't really protect Johan, Seb, and, and Topson. So we ended up having to run inside the wheel call where they locked us there as we had security coming to pick us up and drag us into the arena. Oh my God. Like, anyway, it was, it was, it was insane. But yeah, so um, none of us got actually sick during the event. Mm -hmm. I got sick the day after. Ooh. Nice, nice. Good timing. And I've been sick nice. until today. I've been antibiotics and all that. Oh my God. You feel, you're feeling but, better now, though. Yeah. You're okay. I mean, I still sound like very nasally, right. but you know, it's whatever I can do. But anyway, like, tell me, uh, for you guys, from your perspective, how was the event? Uh, how do you guys leave the, the Southeast Asian crowd and all that? Trent, you want to go first with this one? Sure, man. Uh, obviously, the crowd was uh, really good. There was, um, it, it was a little bit rough because, like, day one, I know, like, the crowd was really good day one, like, back before finals when we were actually in that smaller venue. But then we had all the, the sound issues because it was the first time they'd done that configuration and they had to adjust the caster volume, the speakers and stuff. And uh, I actually, I do think it, it killed a little bit of the hype in a way because, like, you can't draw the crowd in as much when it's not, like, screaming in their ears. So then they're not, like, screaming and, like, matching that intensity and stuff. Uh, but obviously, all the fans were amazing, like, um, the, the arena as well. 
fans were were really good and uh, always happy to come up. And they were also like kind of respectful. I found yeah. to like players and stuff when we actually had the like, especially during the the playoffs week before we went to the finals. There was a lot of players mingling in and about because there wasn't anywhere else to watch, right? If you wanted to be right. there, there no and kind of experience the atmosphere, mm-hmm. there wasn't much of a private space to be in. And the fans were all really nice about like they kind of like wait and stand there for a little bit and be like, "Can I, can I take a picture?" <laughs> like maybe like, maybe maybe like a little line, but then it would kind of you no, know, they weren't. They were very respectful. So yeah, I had a very good time uh, in terms of the crowd for sure. I mean, they're obviously extremely hyped for the Dota, but I uh, I don't know. It was nice to see the players could kind of be humans and they were treated a little bit like humans in a lot of ways, like walking around. Because sometimes, you know, you get mobbed and stuff. Like you said, like outside, I understand. You know, you go by a huge crowd of people, they're all going to like mob and stuff. But uh, it was cool to like, I mean, there were a couple of times where I would just go and like chill and sit with a couple of fans and stuff and just like watch the games because we, we're in that atmosphere. We're in that like more tighter seating that we don't get to experience at a lot of events. And so that was really cool. And, you know, I don't get mobbed like, no tail and step, so you're talking well, about the plus, first, you know, first stadium, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, first one. Yeah. Um, we actually right. have a special tactic for that, by the way, because as talent, you know, um, we have slacks. So now that he has this like big shaved head, it's like a beacon, <laughs> so it even it attracts even more of right. them. And so they see his slacks from a distance, like this reflection, and it, it catches their eyes, and we can all just pass yeah. through. So what you guys need is just take slacks everywhere, and the fans will slowly they they kind of like latch onto yeah. them. And they'll leave everyone else alone. It's sort of like it's the same method when you like are running away from a bear. You know, you leave one behind and and Slacks Mm. is the one left behind that gets mauled. And then (laughs) you don't have to be faster. Exactly. You just have to be faster than than Slacks. Exactly. I see. Well, or less interesting. That's the joke that we have, which which is not the joke, is that we didn't get tickets for the first part of the of the group stage. So, yeah. So there was only like a very limited amount of tickets. We get Mm -hmm. 10 tickets per team when we're playing and those tickets are assigned normally to players families so you have tiger's yeah. family and all that and we only get tickets the day we play so if we don't play we don't get tickets at all we try to get i bought like a, a ticket from a fan uh, the first day because i didn't even have a ticket <laughs> i went outside and i was like hey who will send me a ticket and then i gave that ticket to johan uh, one of the right. days and he didn't really have a place to hide but like you said yeah. there were people uh Coming to him, but not that many. I mean, obviously, after 800 people, there's nobody left. Right. True. But yeah. <laughs> my my experience on the other stadium was very, very, very different. Right. We yeah, didn't have a place to go. Much bigger numbers of people. Right. For sure. I think there's something about... Well, the other stadium was 12,000, right? Somewhere something in that like neighborhood, that? yeah. And, and yeah. I think that there is something about like a more intimate environment when people see that the production desk that you're casting in or the desk that the, the players are playing in, that there's no separation that exists between them mm-hmm. and the players. There's like kind of an like implicit invisible wall that's there almost where I feel like they recognize that like, hey, we have this like greater access, but that also means that we need to kind of respect the boundaries. Um, and I, I'm curious, like, how much also that changes on like a country or region basis too. Like if there's sort of a difference between like an NA crowd versus an EU crowd versus the Southeast Asian crowd. Um, Cause I, I think that we haven't had too many of those venues that are like that in Europe. I think the one that mm-hmm. comes to mind is back when we used to do the star ladders in Kiev, there was the, you know, cyber sports arena. No yeah, it was like you just literally <laughs> walked out there, but the 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 venue was only like a hundred people or something, or however many people that could be there. 
Um, so I, I liked the smaller venue up parts uh, for that. Like, I liked that section of it. I think that there is definitely like a nostalgia. And when we realized that we got to the main stadium for the main day, that we were only going to be doing like one cast from it. There was definitely like a little bit of, oh, God, I wish that there was more of this uh, that we could have had throughout the yeah, rest of the brutal. playoffs. But I still think that, you know, there's value in the other thing, even if you miss out on the other thing that you like potentially more. Okay, so let's just help people understand. So you guys casted one big, uh, sorry, one series on the main stage, correct? On Yeah, and then... the, each caster pairing got to do one series uh, at the at the yeah. arena um, at the other arena. than john and mike who did one extra series at the um the playoff right. stage okay so yeah. on the main arena and then yeah. the other series that you guys did was a few days of the small arena where it was the one that you guys are talking about for yeah. people to know it's like an open setup all the languages and all the casters are together like wall yeah. by wall and you can see them you can literally stand in front of them and yeah you, you guys were actually hear them <laughs> i was like <laughs> Once they turned on the caster volume, I was going to the back seats and just sitting like in front of Suns fan and Syndra and just like <laughs> listen, you know, because that's the point we were at. So, uh, yeah, it was it was really strange to have such a uh, minimal amount of games, especially because we also none of the casters there covered the groove stage right. because okay. we we were flying and stuff, obviously, uh, which was kind of wild because we uh, we actually cast about as many series in the entirety of TI as we cast in like one day, like your busiest yeah. day of like a group stage, maybe. Maybe maybe a little bit. So how many series do you guys did? Uh, five. Five series. Well, is that counting two best of one? Oh, you're right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, so two best of one. So so really, it's more like four best of no, three. No, no, sorry. Is what we okay. cast for the no, entirety. No, no, that, that did include the other one. So I think that we had four days where we worked during the playoffs and then one of the main day if i'm not mistaken no we had one playoff day okay. off dude we worked three playoff well, days right there's only four playoff days uh, right there. I'll, I'll double check but Am i think, crazy I, I i seem to remember there were four playoff days there were four playoff days four <laughs> days <laughs> never mind finals. yeah we did never mind so we we worked four best of threes we did hakori beast coast spirit boom um and then the, oh that's a the, good one that's those good were one. some good ones those are some really great ones uh, and then we did Liquid Aster. Um, and then I think that we had the third day off, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then we did. Yeah. God, what was the other one that we did? Oh, wait, that was it. No, we did. Uh, we did Beast Coast LGD. <laughs> no, you Beast Coast one. LGD, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. the other good series. And then obviously we did lower bracket finals when we got to the main event. So, yeah, uh, five series total and two of those were best of ones, which is insane. So tell me, how was your experience on the main arena? Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, first of all, we got to have two lovely, lovely lads join us for the draft panel, uh, Amar and Taiga, uh, who True. had a ton of fun with them up there doing the draft and all the stuff that was going on. Um, I think that for me, one of the things that I definitely felt a lot throughout the entire event was more stress than I feel like I normally do in terms of like the feeling that everything I do has to be perfect because there's less of it that's out there. So it's like, I had to, 100%. I had to be hitting like so hard on every moment. And if there is ever a point where I like felt like I messed up a cast or something, there wasn't any redo there. Cause we had so few series to do it in. So I think that 
But yeah. You mean uh, for your own career, not for the product itself? Like you needed well, to shine? You felt the need to do it? I, I for think, our own satisfaction, I feel like. Okay. Right. It's like you want to... Th- this is sort of, you know, TI is one of those events that's like sort of enshrined in, in the history of Dota. And you want to be able to bring as much to that as possible to like give it sort of the respect that it deserves and to be able okay. to provide what we can to it. Um, and if you screw something up, it's like you can't make it up for it later, right? It's like okay, okay, I get it, I get it. There, there's no chances yeah. to make up for if you screw it up. Especially like, at least for me, I know like casting, commentating, like the group stages is the best way to like cut your teeth, right? And like get really into mm-hmm. the meta of the tournament and just like you grind through a bunch of games. It's the best possible thing you can do. Just cast a shitload of group stage games, get into the playoffs. And, like the group stage, it kind of like fades away from the spectator point of view in a lot of ways. Like there's still the storylines that come into play and like the main and everything over the casters. It's just like, it just cements all this amazing backlog into your brain while you like go through the last, the rest of the event I find. And so just like missing out on that group stage and like watching it, like on my phone or on my laptop in the airports as I'm traveling there was just like, man, this sucks. Right. <laughs> like, I just want to be casting right now. You don't have to pay me. <laughs> just let me cast. I just want to get in. Well, and I, I flew in early to try and, replicate that experience and be in the hotel during the group stage um so that that way i could see if i could like glom onto some of that and sort of have the feel of it and i felt a little like closer to it but it didn't replicate it the same way um that casting okay, it would have. so i think that there was like it was slightly better for me being able to be there early but it, it it's that that thing that trent's talking about it's very real so i think that you guys can provide an incredible let's say background into understanding from your perspective, you know, how does mm-hmm. TI work? Because this was a very unique TI. First, we have yeah. the last chance qualifier. Right. In my opinion, some of the best games throughout the whole year happened in the last chance qualifier. And everything was remote, correct? Last yeah. chance qualifier? Yes. Yeah. And then we go to the crazy group stage, right. which is yeah. completely hectic as well. And all mm-hmm. of that casting was done remotely as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. With okay. five lines, right? There were five full games happening at once this year as opposed to four. Which is already hard okay. to keep track of. Yeah. So it's impossible to keep track. But there's yeah. all this casting and all these people that are working. Right. And mm-hmm. then we go to main stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Main stage is only one game at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and now is when you guys were there in the small arena of 800. Yeah. And then yeah. we have finals, which is two days. Mm-hmm. And there is only four series, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, whoa, whoa, you, and, and an all star match. Yeah, well, slow down. Come on now. I don't, I'm sorry, yeah. to, okay, I don't yeah. take that away okay. from them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> carry so, on. I think that it's very cool what you guys said. So, you guys are the professionals of putting the boys into this game. And you guys are, in a way, trying to give these memorable moments for us, the audience, to remember forever. Because we will always remember the cast connected to the yeah. video that we saw. Right. Obviously, we have recorded and seen many times the true side moments and the other ones. And even on the last one is Johan and Seb had a lot of the time on, on true side. Yeah. And then you have to get into your own groove the same way that the players have to get into your into their groove. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I'm no liquid or secret. I want last year's <laughs> qualifier to cast through. That's right. That's what they did so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we're talking. So then you get into the finals and you have to be on that stage performing when you have only warm up four series before. And five days off in between. Right. Five days off in between. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so how do you bring, what is the ritual or what do you, how do you get ready that day, you know, to be like, look, I'm going to be seen by millions of people today, you know, how do you, what do you do before that day? I think it's probably different for both of us. Um, Trent, would you say so? 
Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you're you're more of the. Uh... <laughs> sure, that is yeah. like the non-communal answer. Is like, <laughs> I, mean, okay, I can guess what lyrical did. He <laughs> probably right. went back and listened to some of his own casts, uh, either the night before or the morning of, and then he just did his like vocal warm-ups and uh, and really thought about how he wanted to hit certain moments with uh, with the crowd and how he really wanted to listen to the crowd that day. How'd I do? That's pretty good. Uh, I think that. It was it was like each of the five days before the games, it was like listening back through a section of it, because if I listen to myself for too long, it's like I feel like I eventually kind of like will not be able to process as much info, I think, if I try and do it like in a long session. So it's like a couple of little like I'll listen to part of a game, listen to some of the hype things, see how that goes. And then I'll like write down things that I want to change and then go back through it. But in terms of like the day of stuff, the vocal warm ups are definitely a part of it. Uh, I think like making sure that I'm having like a consistent routine with the food that I'm eating and stuff like that. And then getting out into the arena as early as possible and trying to like feel the crowd and like just kind of build up that excitement. Um, I want to feel like I want to throw up right beforehand. And then when I get out there. like it all goes away uh, that that that's the sign that like the adrenaline is flowing is like if i feel like i'm okay, about okay. to throw up right before i go out onto broadcast <laughs> i've tried uh, that good one. how about you Trent? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good uh for me i definitely like from the you know the years of of school and university i was 100% like a, a crammer i would just like you know, I do my work and stuff, but like, you know, exams in two days. Nice. I just like read through the whole book, cram everything in my fucking head so that, you know, it would work and I do well. But in the end, you know, you don't actually retain that information. Turns out, guys, stay in school. Just do your damn homework. You don't need to cram. It's a lot easier. Um, so one thing that I've started doing a lot of the past couple of years is that like I do a lot of research just throughout the entire year. Like I'm, I'm watching replays all year. I'm, I usually stream quite a bit of it where I'm just going through the replays, talking about the games, just verbalizing it to a just like a smaller audience just so that i can keep it in my head and so when it actually comes to like these big events and ti and stuff like obviously i'm keeping up with the games and, and keeping up with the meta and stuff but the thing i try and remind myself the most is just like you've worked on this the whole year don't you know don't worry about all that other stuff like you right. you've prepped all of the knowledge all of the dota and all that shit uh just try and like stay in the moment the whole time is definitely how i think of it uh which was really cool with taiga and amar because we had this really unique opportunity and kind of had to just work on it on the fly because we didn't necessarily know this was going to happen. But like, I, we've never had this experience where there were like two pros sitting next to us and we could just ask them whatever the fuck we wanted during the draft. Right. So I just like, I worked on asking what I thought, what they thought was going to happen throughout this entire game. And then we can just like talk about that the whole game. Cause like we can just, you know, we can reflect back on it based on what they said, or I can open up insights into something that maybe I was looking at during the draft. And so I was trying to, during the whole draft, essentially build a framework of how the game was going to play out and already open up all these different avenues because of my helpful panelists who were bringing up all these wonderful things. Okay. So, all right. Yeah, it was great. When did you find out that they were going to be in the bottle? Uh, we found out like two days. Friday? A couple days beforehand, okay. I think. Maybe a day before. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, actually, I think we knew that we'd have... Yeah, no, I won't say day before, actually. Well, I think I think it was... Well, because we knew that we were going to have pros in some capacity because we had already, Trent and I had been casting the entire first part of it with Gunner, yeah. um, who did an mm-hmm. absolutely stellar job. Shout outs to him. True. Shout outs, Gunner. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. Um, uh, and we had worked with him before at 
you know, Arlington and like sort of we intentionally wanted to try and create a situation uh, with our cast where we were like able to incorporate people, uh, you know, pro players, mm -hmm. because I think that for a lot of pro players, it can be a little bit tough to like sort of feel comfortable. And we wanted to work on a way to make sure that anybody would feel comfortable. The difference when it came to the panel was that a lot of those same things like carried over in yeah. terms of mm. how to sort of make somebody feel comfortable. Uh, but it was just on a really a much shorter time frame. Um, and, you know, making sure we're not like overloading them with information about like <laughs> all the production. Look at that camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, there, so there was this one thing, right? Because there's the delay that's going on where it's like the Norway feed to us. And then we're going to slacks from the panel back there. I've heard, and I've heard that one. I had to do, I had to uh, like, what, what basically happened was that not only is there that connection, but then the, there's also two separate feeds. So there's the English feed that's going on. And then there's the all world feed that's going on. And then all the other broadcast feeds. And what happens is all of those feeds need to come together and coalesce on slacks at the exact same time. Um, so we have to have like a hard cut when we're done with the draft where they're doing their analysis where we're saying okay it's done at this point and they count us down from 10 seconds so that's in my ear so if they're still talking we're done <laughs> like we we've ruined the broadcast at that point so i was trying to explain to amar and taiga like all right listen you're gonna have 15 seconds at the end of this and then trent was like all right just don't worry about it <laughs> and, yeah, and he yeah. got them to like he, i think he was able to do a good job of uh bridging that those like couple of production things that were going on with uh us trying to explain it to them so you just cut yeah. them off is that the plan and well, thank you so we, much we, you know we made sure they wouldn't be cut off right you know okay, i just okay. i see slacks walking over at some point i naturally steal the conversation from them and they exactly. just delay until i see slacks I ready Genius. make them more comfortable but kind of to expand on what lyrical saying um it's something we've been talking about I guess like since before Arlington, like a, maybe a couple months before Arlington, where like, uh, I mean, my favorite content, and I'm sure for most of you out there, is shit with Dota pros on it. Shocking, especially active pros, right? right? That's the coolest content in Dota. We all love that. We all know that. That's what I like watching. You guys probably don't know. I'm not actually an active pro in Dota. Crazy. <laughs> not just lyrical. We don't tell uh, anybody. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Please. That, that might need to get edited out. <laughs> you know, just got to save that. Uh, so one thing that we talked about was just like, how do we just like bring on whoever whoever we want? Because that's the best content. And if we want to be the best content, like how could we make it comfortable enough that we could start with bringing in people who we think would just straight up be a good caster? And Gunner is like the perfect example. If you just brought Gunner into any dual cast, he would do well. Same thing with Seb. Same thing with with Johan. Right? They would just they'd be fine. They would do their shit. They know what they're doing. But we want to work on that relationship in terms of like being able to slot in someone who's maybe not like quite on that level in terms of. Like, maybe they're charismatic and they're willing to do it. Maybe they stream a little bit, but maybe they wouldn't be as natural in terms of that casting element. And so um, I, we've been actively working on that and talking about, like, what kind of concepts uh, will be really helpful and how should we prep them for the cast and stuff. And so it was great to have Amara and Taiga there because, like, Taiga, I would say, fits into category A, where he could pretty much be on any broadcast. Right. And Amara is definitely more of the, like, kind of like the next level where you you have to, like, sort of, ask him a little bit more directly you have to enable here or you have to ask him expand yeah. to expand you guys yeah. did a very good job with him i thought that he was you got a lot of really cool moments from him yeah, yeah. he did really well. fist them, eh? 
gonna fish them he doesn't <laughs> yeah, need yeah. them otherwise and yeah. and part of it is making somebody feel comfortable too right like people are gonna mm-hmm naturally like clam up if they don't feel comfortable if they're worried about the broadcast so you know some of it's a little bit of like pop psychology Bro, first second he was side eyeing me the whole time he's just like he's like, <laughs> he's like what are you trying to make me say here <laughs> so i think by the end we were cool yeah, <laughs> yeah we got there it was good so i think that's something that we have to consider is that during that weekend and week there's a lot of roster changes happening so the players sometimes have their minds somewhere else right and asking players to come into the broadcast when they lost the eye, they're out. And when some of these rosters are changing, it's tricky. So I'm yeah. sure it's not that easy to actually get pros to join the broadcast. Right. Uh, and I think that's always a challenge is to figure out like how long of a break needs to happen to like sort of let players, you know, process the emotions that go on there. And, and that's something that, you know, exists for anything. Like so, for instance, I. But, but guys, <laughs> if we coddle them this much, we're gonna have this all star match forever. I know so that's the problem. <laughs> okay, we gotta get we, them back. We need to get these players back. I know. I I think that you know <laughs> obviously this is uh you know an OG broadcast, uh so I can't go too hard. But I think these players they got too much power. We gotta get rid of it. I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> cut it. Cut it. <laughs> They're my bosses. <laughs> so to explain a little bit more about Amar, um. We already knew the night before, you know, right. that there was mm-hmm. going to be a, a roster change. So I think that, look, I commend everybody for, you know, having the good vibes and then showing up and, and doing a good job there. But there's obviously other things that are happening in their mind. And obviously, Amaris is still 17. Yeah. I, I, so I guess that that was one thing that I sort of had uh, when, when, they jo- when they joined on the broadcast, there was some allusions to it that he was, you know, not going to be uh playing next year he sort of made that known to me a little bit um trying i wasn't sure if you picked up on that he's sort of a soft-spoken lad i think he was facing the other way no. when he said it um yeah yeah but it was sort of one of those things where i was sort of wondering what went down and he seemed to be in a pretty good mood about it overall um i don't know if the did, did he feel pretty good about the way that everything was going uh i think that look we you know you guys are aware of Obviously, the, the other roster took a break uh, mm-hmm. or retired, however they right. choose to phrase it every week. They're just taking a break, and we started a whole new project. And I think that it was a very successful year, <laughs> and I think that the, the guys really brought the best step forward. And I think, in my opinion, Amar uh, was at many stages probably the, the best chance for victory we had. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember during the majors and how the the meta was developed, you know? It, it just revolved around him a lot of the time. Right. Especially a lot of the conversation around your team was essentially conversations about Amar a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Or, you know, you know, Seb standing in. And obviously he created like the, the anti-offlaner, you know? The anti-carry, mm-hmm. which is, was amazing. And just like it happens every year, the team that creates the meta, the meta gets nerfed. And by the time you go to TI, you cannot win without meta. Right. It's just how Dota works every year. Yeah. So you gotta have to figure out the whole year was the anti carry. We go to TI and it's the Sue meta. Right. And you gotta figure out how to reinvent yourself. And I think that uh, Amar, we felt that he was gonna be better on other teams. And I think he felt that he was gonna be better in other teams that were willing to play more his kind of Dota. Mm-hmm. And after TI, we sat down, you know, the way that we always do things in OG. And was like, this is how we feel. 
how do you feel about this? This is how you feel. Moving forward, we're looking for this. You're moving forward, I'm looking for this. Well, it's clear that we cannot play together next year. And I, yeah, we have obviously a very loving conversation with him as his brother. And we've been trying to figure out what is the best thing and what he wants. And whenever we can announce it, we will announce it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but let me tell you, the, the search for position three is, dude, if you are a kid right now and you don't know what position to play, if you want to make it pro Dota, position three is the way to go. I, I hear you calling me. That's uh, this is this is my <laughs> no. comeback now. He's, he's like, are you are you all three? Listen, I got a no, mean stop, dark stop. seer. He can't, he can't play zoos. All right, he's got no zoo heroes. I got a he's mean a dark seer. Dark seer. <laughs> You're useless. If you are boys, if you are a beastmaster player, if you can play zoo, please go to my Twitter. You know, you send go. me yeah. messages. We're looking to clone. 33, you know, we're looking for 33, 34, and 35. Perfect. Anybody that is similar to him, please call. That guy's, that guy's insane. He's so nuts. I, I mean, I think that you have to go to like a next level of Dota degen to be willing to go into game files and reconfigure stuff so you can micro better. You know, that's like super duper that nerd. That's, that's insane um, and awesome and glorious. Uh, people are going to be like making Dude. like vi historical videos about that in Dota history. It's going to be great. The summoning salt. Exactly. And so what he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's crazy how, like, I remember playing with Neta. We played with Neta for a little bit and he was so good, but none of these heroes were in meta back then. Right. Yeah. Were, he, none of them. And suddenly, like, we've been the whole year playing Razor, Viper, Underlord, and he was at times looked mediocre. Right. I mean, mediocre not because of how he plays, because he's amazing. Yeah. Just because he's hero or not in meta. And then we go shock to TI. Dude, you couldn't have made a better meta for him. Like, he, he, was, he was doing the patch notes, you know? Yeah. He would have not been able to be more broken. Well, I, the one thing that I've always really admired about him and Nine uh, in particular, and Aoi to a certain extent with this, is that they're sort of like, they're, they're the type of innovative mind that Dota loves to have. Um, or that you love to see in Dota, right? So I think back, I mean, I was memeing about Darkseer earlier, but I did play like a ton of that hero. And there were three people that I would watch that sort of had different archetypes for how they would play. It was Mind Control, it was Seb, and it was 3-3. And they all had different styles. And so for Mind Control, he would play this like rush mech, give Miracle Surge and Ion mm -hmm. Shell and do nothing else the entire rest of the game. Seb would go like double Null Talismans, farm up to ags and become this like uber carry in the late game but for 3-3 he went like vanguard vanguard orchid and started running around and punching people with normal punch and he would just like solo kill a pocket like 14 minutes and the was like that's my guy I, and it was unbelievable so that, that i mean yes you're right definitely that like zoo heroes this is the guy this is the one that you want to watch for but also i think that there's like you know uh, uh he has a very particular way that i think he thinks about the game where he sort of does his own thing um, and is willing to experiment with stuff. And if it just happens to also hit with his heroes, like, yeah, of course that dude's going to win TI. It's insanity. <laughs> there's, a, there's a replay for us also in Dota history that we can pull back. We actually pick Neta hero and we put him mid when he was standing up for us. Oh, yeah. And we pick Chen, Chen mid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a really fun because, I mean, nobody could play like him. Right. He played like a Chen core <laughs> Semi carry from the mid from the mid. It was great. He had all room controls everywhere. You know, right. it was 
it was really cool. Now, I was very happy to see him win. He's one of the good guys, you know, he's, he's a good kid. Yeah. That whole, I, honestly, sometimes I just wake up and I'm like, sneaking one TI. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> I haven't like this pride. <laughs> Let's get the USA flag. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, it's like shit. It really could be anyone. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he is. He's such a character. Like, I think, I, you know, if people meet him, he's just like, he's so like, just genuinely exuberant and happy. Great. And like, he's like kind of dorky and awkward in like a beautiful way that just shows that he's like very pure and like, I don't know. He's a, he's a treasure. Very pure. I love that guy. <laughs> love that dude. I met him at the after party and I went to say like congratulations, you know? Mm-hmm. I just felt like he just got out of the gym. Yeah. Hey, dude, congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know. You know, like this funny voice <laughs> yeah. he has. And it's like, dude, you realize that you're, you're world champions? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, dude, I, I feel more excitement for you than you feel, you know? It's like, it hasn't fully sink into it. Right. He was so good. He was so good. Right. And I'm so happy for him. Yeah. The post-TI elation. I, uh, yeah, I missed, uh, I missed the party this year. I tried to get home as fast as possible and failed because my flight got fucked. Oh, right. That was unfortunate. I tried, I was going to make it home just in time for Halloween with my kids. And I, the after party's happening. I'm literally, everyone's going up to the after party. I'm standing outside. Waiting for my drive, my suitcase. We're going bye. I'll see a couple people. Say hi. Get to the airport. I'm like looking on my phone. Party's happening. I'm like, oh, lame. Get the notification, everything. The flight's been delayed. I'm like, oh, oh it's like, oh, no. I could have been at the party and like I'd, I'd still be able to make it. Your flight's been delayed again. Oh, and then we sat on the tarmac for five hours. Yeah, in a thunderstorm. Oh, so I really got no. bodied. But yeah, the tie after crazy party. rain, crazy, yeah. crazy rain. Yeah, the but, after party. They, they win. It's like it's like you said. It doesn't like sink in or anything. But what was really funny about TI9 was that it was the two-time win. And so it it was so different compared to all the other TIs. Like, I remember they won. And Jerax just walks over to me at some point. He goes, hey, you want the ages? I was like, this does not happen when you win TI1. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a two-time TI win. He doesn't give a it's shit. like that second like, kid. Like, it out. He, like, turned. He, like, gave me a dude. It, it is. <laughs> Their third child, she laid on the floor for, like, three yeah. hours. And then, like, two weeks of bringing her home. She fell asleep there. And you're like, ah. That's great. That's what y'all are looking like, forward Jackson, to with the ages. He, yeah, he just passed it over and he just left. I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks. I think we need I'll to tell stories. Later. This, is, this is one of the only times that we're going to be able to tell stories about after parties. Oh, and goodness. Maybe this is, this is the time to talk about it. Oh, God. So, TI8, I wasn't there. Okay. So, I cannot attest to the after party about how Johan and the boys were. But I was there on TI9. And... I told the story before when I saw Johan on TI9 on the elevator on the first few days. I was like, yo, what's up, buddy? He's like, you know, trying to win it again. I'm like, yeah, sure, dork. Go away. And then when he won, I was just, you know, you get surrounded and you're getting all the attention from everybody. And they went to their own little room on the side on TI9. Mm -hmm. And I remember I just went there, gave him a hug, and he was like, I just want to go to bed. I'm so tired. Yeah. I'm so, 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 so tired. Because, you know, you're emotionally like, because it's like you said, they already won it once. So yeah. they already knew what they were going to go through. And he was like, I just want to go to bed. And this year is the first time that I've been at a TI party where Johan has not won. <laughs> so no. he, had, he hasn't won, even though he played the finals or he was in the finals. So in a weird way, it was very different for us because I actually went out partying with yeah. Johan and Seb right. a few times during this TI because we had a week of just not doing anything. Yeah. So... For me, this was my least favorite after party I've ever been to. Wow. I don't know how it was for you. It was your least favorite? 
by far. Wow. Okay. I have completely different opinion of it. All right. Tell me. I thought that it was one of the best. The venue that we really, yeah. So the the big part of the reason for for me at least, and Trent, you got to tell us how your after party experience was on that tarmac. Yeah, no, trust me, um, it was like it was fucking dope. So I had the extra leg room. Sorry to keep you but, out of this. So like pretty hype. All right, that's good. Um, well, uh, I I felt like one of the things that was really cool about it was that, uh, number one, the venue was very nice. You could either go down to the area where you just get some food. Or you could go on up like I did and just stay in the karaoke. Is, is appalled. Right just now. you are okay. appalled. Again. Stay in the karaoke area for like eight hours because that's what I did. Um, and I think the thing that was really cool about this one for me, at least, was that it was so close to the place that we were at already that I didn't really have to travel that far. And then on top of that, uh, we had all of the different language broadcasts there, which doesn't normally happen so it was like you know the portuguese and spanish broadcasters that we had sort of been interacting with on the periphery and getting to sort of hang out with all of them in like a sort of less formal circumstance where we're actually like able to talk and like you know hang out with them and sort of you know just break the ice a little bit that was really neat because we all work in the same space but we don't really get to like interact that much almost at all like i you know i hop well, in a lot send emoticons in the lobbies exactly that's you what know? we do <laughs> we, we we send emoticons to each other in the lobbies but that's about it um and so getting to actually like meet these people in person and then like hang out with them that was awesome and that's why it was one right, of my well, favorites now before jmr tears you down completely here <laughs> i need to hear at least three of the songs that you did at karaoke what what killed um, a karaoke hit list i think that uh i'm gonna be honest with you i don't remember that many of them uh <laughs> wait, 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 i don't know why don't you remember them? i did i think i did okay. barbie girl at one point i did the ken i did the ken voice for it uh which was pretty sick Come on, barbie. Wait, who was, who was barbie? Barbie. it was uh i think it was paulina i'm pretty sure um, okay, nice, nice. And then uh I think I did God what oh <laughs> Des, when Despacito came on, holy moly, the the house went down. It was sick. Um that was great. <laughs> and I speak a little bit of Spanish, so I felt really cool in that moment. Um and then I think the other one we did Frozen, uh, which was good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, good, good. So those were the those were the my alley. Ones. Yeah. So you enjoy that you got to spend time with the other Caster, other languages. Yeah. In the karaoke area. Exactly. So I had a great time on the karaoke area. Yeah. Until I went to the non-karaoke area. Okay. And then I went to a TED Talk conversation about work where it was the oh. last thing that I wanted to do oh. was talk about work. Why did you leave the karaoke? <laughs> Sweet party. Why? Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I, I, was, I did three songs with Misha and it was amazing. Oh, Misha is completely on death. No, no, tone deaf. It's just, I mean, he's killing it. He's just he's singing in a completely different octave, completely different things. And I'm there trying my heart, my best to sing something. And I'm like, just, I'm just going to look pretty next to you, you know? I'm going to be your, your Spice Girl. But no, I, the, the, the karaoke part was great. And then at one point, I found out that there was another part because Johan suddenly left and I went with him. Yeah. Uh, also, for the viewers out there, no alcohol for me, uh, nothing. Nothing. And I went to the other area and it was work and work and work and work. And I didn't want to talk to anybody. Oh. And Is, I was, was it work because also... the shuffle was beginning. Is it that kind of work essentially? Or other people just talking Dota essentially? Not Dota work. 
just yeah. work. Mm, yeah. So like, I also finished the monkey business show. So for me, it was like a full day mm, of these. True. And then I finished the monkey business show. And then I went there. It was raining. It was raining so much. Yeah. Uh, Seb and I showed up. Tarmac, I didn't yeah. even have time to sh shower or anything because it was raining so much. So I was with the clothes that I had all day on with my backup, like a little nerd, you know. And I arrived there. And yeah, I, I had actually such a... I was... My, my head, you know, it was like... <sighs> And then I go there and everybody's talking about this. ESL is there. Shane is there. Then talking about different things for next year, the calendar, the, the this, where are the majors going to be next year? Where are we going to do these? Or what are we doing between, you know, the right. DPCs? And then random people asking me random questions. And I'm like, ah, smiling. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a great idea, you know? Sounds awful, yeah. Damn, dude. But, but it's, like, I understand it because they don't really have a lot of time also no. with, with maybe us or with me, you know? And I that have to thank it for some of the boys as well. Right. And yeah, it was just a working night. But the thing is, like, like I was saying before, I would actually went out with some of the players during that week. Mm. And then is when I had great nights. Okay. Because there was nobody there. Nobody was working. I remember like, it was, okay, I'll tell the story. I had such a great interaction because I never really get to interact with players from another region or maybe other teams. Yeah. Right. But suddenly I'm there and... I remember, like, I wish we could record this because I sat down one night with Toronto, Tokyo, Mira, Collapse, Seb, and I at one of the clubs. Oh. And for 10, 20 minutes, you could see the love that these guys have for the game and how it really shows to the love and the respect they have for each other. Right. Like, in a way, Seb, as much as he might trust Tokyo, he has an incredible love for the game and for the competition. Right. And if you are a world champion, he will give you honor wherever you go, you know, right. everywhere. So you can see Seb going to Collapse and to Mira and saying, you guys are fucking awesome, you know? Right. And the guys are like, holy shit, you know? Is Seb saying this to me, you know? Right. And I had so many awesome interactions. I was like dancing with Saberlight and dancing with Collapse and going out with Mira and so many cool players also for South America because I speak Spanish. I got to meet all of them and we got to have such a great time. I think there is this photo at 6 a.m. in the morning that is all of us together at Marquee. Oh, uh, okay. So I, I had a blast. <laughs> I have so many new friends and I have so much more love and respect for many of these players that I've never really interacted with. Yeah. So yeah, it was awesome seeing how complimentary Seb is for everybody. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool. So you need the break week. You're down to, to run the break week again. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I think the break week was the only time that players actually get to hang out with each other. Right. That's true. In other places, where the do we extended do? shuffle. So I, I think that there's two things that really stick yeah. out to me that were interesting from that, uh, at least. One is that I think for a lot of like the fans of these teams, there are some people that like have the expectation that if there was like one really big match that was like really, you know, gritty and annoying or like something that that bad that happened or whatever, that there's like this animosity that exists between players. And it's good to sort of hear another instance of that not being the case. And there's that mutual respect. And I think particularly with like the sort of OG spirit thing, there's the remembrance of like the, you know, easy game Toronto, Tokyo. But here you're talking about it. And it's a couple of years later, these people getting together and showing that mutual respect that they have for each other. There's such a great love for each right. other. Like, dude, what happens? We, we, we're the one giving shit people on, <laughs> on, on boys lines, you know, right. nothing yeah. but love. Seb says it, whatever happens in the game, it's in the game. Right. After these, these kids are kids and they're great and there's so much love. And like, yeah, like Mira, for example, came to me and he said, 
I saw that you made fun of us on the podcast <laughs> because I said that I was there just to say bye to Spirit. Oh. And I messaged him oh. and I said, no, 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 no. What's the whole clip? Because I said that I had to say goodbye to you because if not, you might find your way into the tournament and then you become unbeatable. Mm. So that was the game that you got to go, you know? Interesting. Yeah, and yeah. I showed him the whole clip and he was like, okay, you're a cool guy, you know? Right, yeah, yeah so, we're good now, we're cool. <laughs> yeah, like there is nothing but like jokes and all that. And he makes jokes to me, I make jokes to them. But we sat down, we, ha we spent a few nights together, a few days together. And I don't know, dude, like there, honestly, there is nothing but love. I had nothing but great interactions with every single one of the players. Right. That's great. I love that. Every single one. Like, even beefs. Even beefs that are there. Right. They were not there when we were out. Yeah. Like, you know, come on, like, I'm 37, Johan is 28, Sepp is 30. Like, we don't hold to any, like, stupid grudges, you know? Right. Well, and, yeah. and I, I think that uh, it's interesting as casters, too, because we sort of form relationships also with all of the different players. So, um, you know, I, I've cast at this point uh, with both fly and no tail and seb all within the space of like a couple of months of each other and i have great relationships with all of them but then people i think particularly fans watching from the outside in anticipate that it's like oh you gotta pick a side or something <laughs> it's like <laughs> freaking revolutionary war or something it's like no we're just this is dota we're, we're chilling <laughs> you know just gotta take a break chill pill I, I think one of my favorite things in dota right now and we've sort of been talking about the the sort of difference in terms of as we get older both trent and i are old as dirt um Jared, i don't want yeah. i don't want to make any aspersions about you you look like a very young man um i'm 37 37 i don't believe it um yeah, I, <laughs> I promise i'm 37 from 1985 but uh i think that there's this really cool thing that we see with having young players come up have a ton of prominence and like put together just they, they just feel like they have so much love for the game and i feel like that's what i see a lot with your team um and i mean I, I not to sort of single anybody out i think that they all are really cool in terms of the individual things that they do but i personally have a very like i i think that taiga might be my favorite dota pro player of all time personally i just well, think, bias well bias, i know literally bias, bias. Cast, i'll, I'll bias say it caster alert i'll bias say it caster it's alert. Reddit. but he's as a player or as a person as a person um and also you know when he plays enigma as a player uh <laughs> so those are the two dynamics okay. but i think that as, as a person he just feels like he's such like a genuinely nice guy that cares about the people around him and wants to see the best in people um i just love it and like his relationship with all of his former teammates it always seems like there's nothing but love it's just like he, he to me is the type of pro that i hope every other dota pro could be aspired to be as in terms of personhood that's my thought with it at least. okay well i will say thank you on taiga's behalf uh do you watch the episode that we did on taiga and his family uh yeah the bmw episode yeah yeah, yeah that, that was really good i would say that the person that he is is probably a reflection of how loving and supportive his family is you know oh, sure. it normally is you, you see the family and you're like, yeah, that's why you're a cool human being. Because <laughs> his father and his mom are super cool and so are his brothers. Who is the person that has these generators of, of ideas, which is what Misha says, and generator of love that can glue the whole team? And that's Tiger. Right. There's no more. There's no more. Like, that's it. And I'm very happy and very proud that I was the one that said, hey, I've been with this kid in another team. 
talk to him. And I mean, he's probably my best, one of my best decisions I ever made. Right. The whole team is Misha. Misha put everything together. I just said, hey, look at him. He's a special. Right. Got, got one thing right. There you there go. It is. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. And then Yuragi. For me, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. It's probably one of the three best carries in the world. Right. Yeah. I think Yuragi is spectacular how he, this kid plays. But he's only 18. So he needs to also figure out how he sees the game and how he sees that. But then we have Yuragi, we have VCM. This kid is a fucking beast. I mean, <laughs> I've made it public that at one point Topson wanted to come and we're like, no, we're staying with BCM. You know? Right. So yeah. that's why he played with T1. Like BCM is a fucking monster. Right. Yeah. If I could make a player in a lab, he would look like this. Right. And he doesn't mean that he has to just play how we want it, but you see him. He plays however the fuck he wants. He is completely <laughs> fearless. He doesn't care about anything. Which is, in funny way, the trades that made Topson Topson. I was going right. to say, you know? he, was, sure. he is just like another Topson. He's so mm-hmm. similar when you watch him. Like, but we didn't teach him how to be Topson. Right. He yeah. is that. We just have to enable him. And, and I think that's the thing to me that I always find is the most interesting Dota. Like, obviously, there's all these interactions that happen um, in terms of the grindy stuff that you're talking about, right? Of like okay you know push up glasses this matchup versus that matchup and you know all those things that you want to get but to me uh i was talking to jack about this actually um when we were at ti and he was saying that you know every to some extent there's always going to be like little bits of dysfunction that exist in the team and the the key to try and solve those things because people want different things it's like a five-person relationship that's going on simultaneously and the key is to try and find a way to like smooth out as many of those competing interests as you have or competing philosophies about how the game is going to work or whatever it is. And I think that um, like the psychological side of, of Dota of like getting everybody on the same page and also being able to like put your own ego in check um, is like something to me that is much more compelling not just in terms of like being able to see that from a dota fans point of view but also being able to say that to a broader audience that's to me at least as a caster the things that i think i'm thinking about is how do i make the story of og compelling to somebody that's never watched dota before and i think that for every single team that we have there's a story that's out there that like can be told but it's just about trying to figure out like what is it? Tundra created something very unique because I don't think that any of the other players will work with that kind of vibe and nerdy shit that they have going on. No. They have it's <laughs> great. Like, yeah. dude, we all know how good Saksa is. Saksa didn't look like that when he was playing with us. No. But, th- but, that's, I mean, but he found this magic with 33 and both of them, which are super nerdies, found this nerdy shit with Aoi and they became like the trifecta of the nerdy shit. But that, and they look unbreakable. And, and that to me is like the, the, the heart of what I'm talking about is that like you can tell that story and that like identity of a team to anybody in the world. And they're going to be like, that's interesting. You know, that's something that I can connect with. That's something that even if I don't think about games or my life in that nerdy way. I can recognize that somebody else is doing it. And that's something that I can like grasp onto in terms of a storyline. Right. And then like, you know, that that's the type of story that I feel like is, it would be really cool to be able to tell more of in Dota, to be able to like let those teams personalities really come out. And I hope that they do. And that's what I see with the young players. How can we help you? 
what have we, how do we help you lyrical then? Because maybe this is the difference. I don't know. How do we teams? <laughs> you guys do enough. You guys, you. you guys make it easy. You make content, right? It's like the content. Yours is very well, lyrical, easy. I'll tell you something. I think Taiga's best year is going to be the next one. I think so too. I am sure of it. Yeah. So I think that Taiga is going to be enabled. And look, we saw now Martin Saxa getting enabled and holy shit. What he did right. is magical. And I mean, we have clearly a, a team to beat this year. Eh? Right. Because Tundra was fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, last year, kinda if Europe we didn't was get them out of the qualifiers. On top of that. So you guys, you know, it's going to be a, whew, it's going to be a good oh, year. Essay's coming though. Watch out. That's going to yeah. be a good one. Love the essay. I have talked I, back, I've picked back up Duolingo. I'm on like a two week streak or something now. Okay, get in there. What language? For Spanish. It's so close to French, I can understand what you guys are saying. It's a little close well, to English, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we need to figure out how to fucking end this podcast. Uh, oh, well, so, Jamer, to get back on track it? here after we just talked about a bunch of track. shit you guys can't hear, what the hell is going on at your house? Why do you have no lights? Why oh, were we late getting oh, started? Shit. Why, why I forgot. You... <laughs> what happened? Oh, my Who God. hurt you? So <laughs> we need to come down okay. there. <laughs> so the story is that... Okay, I'm going to tell this story. <laughs> Fuck it, let's tell the story. So I, I was traveling a lot. And uh, during the last time that I was in LA, I... Uh, decided that I was going to get like a temporary Airbnb, you know, mm -hmm. an Airbnb. And I stayed for a month in this apartment. And after that, I told Airbnb that I wanted to stay here for longer time, for a year or so. And the person that is Airbnb in my apartment is not the landlord of the apartment. So it's like landlord, person, and then subletting the apartment to me. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and this no. person was like, oh, I'm going to be here for like two months only. I'm going to Miami, but then I'll be back. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I rented the apartment for two months and I've been here for a year already. So I guess she stayed in Miami and I guess I continue staying in this apartment. So far, we have a cold but friendly relationship. I pay on time and she ignores all my emails or phone calls Perfect. every single time. So that I sounds like broken. a normal landlord, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. I am in TI. Uh, I've been two months and a half away from this apartment. And I am in Singapore in the middle of TI and I receive a phone call from a number that I don't know. I, they leave me a voice message saying, hi, I am this person's boyfriend. She is in prison, in jail. Uh, call me because you have to send me money to a different account. I was like, dude, there's zero fucking chance I'm sending you any money. I don't know yeah. who the fuck you are, you know? <laughs> There's no way. And I was like, okay, well, I will put you on the phone with her next time she calls me from prison. Oh, good, yeah. And, and then she can talk to you. So then she called me. Well, she calls him. And then they're putting like phones to phone <laughs> so I can talk to her. And I was like, where are you? It's like, I'm in jail. I'm like, why? It's like uh, a DUI. I'm like, what? And she was like, but I don't know if that's a recording. So now I'm doing, I'm making her say things. Say to banana. Me that I'm telling. <laughs> yeah. Say yeah. banana. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say one, two, three. One, two, three. 
I'm like, okay, where is my name? Where do you met me? I wanted to figure out because they, obviously the quality is very broken. Yeah. You know? I don't oh, know who this wow. person is. I don't know that. And I was like, where do you met me? I was like, oh, this and this and this. Who was there with you? I'm trying to figure out like Harry Potter, you know, like uh, what was the last thing that Aldor said to you? <laughs> so anyway, I was like, yes. Okay. So now I know that she's a real person. And now I have to send her money to a different account and all that. Anyway, I didn't want to antagonize anything because I was not capable of getting, going to my house and getting my things out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because I mean, in the middle of the night. So I was like, okay, I'll send her the money and I'll come back to my house after two months and a half. I have no water, no electricity, no internet, and it's been a fucking shit show. And now I'm the one calling her and she's not fixing anything. So I have my internet from my phone right now. And at the end of the month, I'm just going to move out of my apartment and fuck it. That will be her problem, you know? If she's watching this, this is my, my oh notice, you know? My like at, at the end of the month, I'm just going to walk away. She's an because- avid listener. Although yeah, I don't know I if they hope... showed in prison. Are you guys are you guys on the, the TV there? She's out. Yeah. She's out. She's out now. What? And she's still not fixing my things. And yeah, yeah, like that's the funny thing. Is like I got bombarded by text messages of her, like, hey, send me the money, send me this, send me this. Oh. And now I've been back for two days. How the turntables. <laughs> Great. Let me tell so, you. Normally, kids, you give 30-day notice in America to leave your apartment. Uh, this is my 15-day notice. <laughs> At the end of the month, I will just leave my keys inside my apartment and just leave this apartment. Wow. So th- this is an interesting experience for me because I've never been on a show where it's also an alibi and like, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. sort of Good, yeah. legal representation. This is going to be shown later in court. This is great. They got to edit uh, this up fast. Fact two. Now the prosecution keeps bandying this term criminal trespass. The property owner admitted to us that he keeps most portions of his business open to the public both day and night. So <laughs> let me say, let me just say that is like the sort of most respectable and most on top of their shit North American slash American landlord. Uh, you know, the very good <laughs> emblematic uh, experience of what being a renter in this country is like. Yeah. Dude, they, I'm they so well. happy I own my house. I can't tell you uh, enough how, how miserable renting was for so many years. Oh, God. I, I either don't have enough money to own uh, in LA, and it's just, yeah, dude, it's like, so for, well, Ameri- for non-Americans here, let me explain you something very funny in LA. In LA, the apartments are very, very expensive, and then you have a taxes that you pay every year when you own. And the apartments are so expensive, and the tax is so expensive, that buying my own apartment and then paying the taxes will be the same amount of money that I pay rent. So I never really get to make up for God. this. So it's the same thing. It's a beautiful nation, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Lyrical, where do you live? Don't tell me the street, but just part of the uh, Oregon. I live up in Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit... Uh, that, I mean, that I could not afford to live in LA uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but Pacific Northwest in general is a little bit more chilled out when okay. it comes to that stuff. And um, yeah, I, I, I like it a lot more. Um, you know, get to go out, explore nature. I got a paddleboard recently. I started like paddleboarding down a river. Um, and then Trent and I go okay. rock climbing too. Not not when we're not at events together, but that's that's our big no. hobby. Yeah. Where do you where do you live, Trent? I live. Wait, hold on. I live right there in Nova Scotia. <laughs> like all of that maps from like the 1700s, so it's not that accurate. Nova Scotia. Yep. 
It's on the east coast Canada? of Canada. So okay. the actual east coast. People from Toronto, they're like, oh, I live out east. They don't live in the fucking east. I live in the east. They live in the middle. <laughs> mm. All right. I see. Common ground. I see. Um, I share a time zone with pride. Brazil. So shout outs, Brazilians. We rock yeah, that Atlantic time zone. It's 11 o'clock for me here. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That's, uh, well, that's me. we'll wrap it up soon. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you have my, my, my house right now. I have another story from my house, which is very funny. Oh, I want to hear uh, it. I left. I left once uh, a window open and I suddenly saw that there was like, I have like a mosquito, mosquito net mm-hmm. and there was a hole in the mosquito net. Fucking rat climbing nice. right through the net, got into my house, ate my food, made a hole through my backpack to eat my protein bars. <laughs> and then Dude, they're, they're fucking I walked. I walked into my house. I'm like, what the fuck? There's like shit everywhere. Like yeah. little bars, uh, things. And I was like, what happened? I'm like, oh, motherfucker. There was a rat. <laughs> and yeah, I, I had to put a trap. Not to the ones that kills it. The ones that, right. that keeps them in. Yeah. And I put chocolate. <laughs> the protein bar there. Yeah. And five minutes in, dude, two of the mouses. Wow. Two mouses like that. I, I found them and I tossed them out. I released them into the wild, yeah. and now I put like nets that are made of metal yeah. instead of. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, this house has been dude, uneventful. Eh? Am it's I renting a... life? Uh, God, I live in one real shithole with my friends, and uh, we got a rat. Like, and we're at Harbor City, Halvax. There's rats. Sure, we're on the second level, and like this rat, mm. we we <laughs> okay, we're shitty like second year students at university. Or, oh God, were we? Yeah, no, we we're third year. Jesus Christ, I was immature. I don't know how to deal with a fucking rat. I don't want to deal with a rat. I just want to play Dota. And so <laughs> we get it trapped in a room at one point and we're like, okay, what do we do? Like, and we're like clawing at the walls. Cause like, we're like, this is not a mess. At this point we had figured out it was a rat. And so we equip ourselves ready to kill this rat. We have these like traps ready. And there's like three of us. We go in and had eaten its way through the wall. It just ate through the wall. Like the wood completely <clears throat> and gone. I was like, that was fucking yeah. gross. So of course I go back to playing Dota. I go to the hardware store. And I buy one of this, this comical looking mousetrap. It looked like a comedy prop. Like, actually, it was just a mousetrap. But instead of being this big, it was this big. And so I set it out. I went in. I queued up some Dota. I was playing with my five stack crew who I used to play with back in the day. And then I heard it. And it was just like, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I go out. And, I, and then I heard. Oh, and no. And it also flopped around a little bit. But it was dead. Thank God. Yeah. It was so fucking gross. It was. But actually, it just killed it. It was a huge ass rat. In the yeah. kitchen, let's go. Took it out. We yeah. so we decided to live with ours. Can I? If I'll, if oh, I'll do goodness. one last story, because um, I was in a house with much like you in college, uh, but it was seven or six guys uh, and my wife. We all lived in the house together. She's we were just boyfriend girlfriend at that time. Um, and there was a rat that got into our room, and it was as we were like moving out. And we built up a big like pile of boxes that was all of our stuff in it. And then the rat, it started to like go through it. And so we had to find a way to like, we just took all of our shit and like put it in the car and it stayed in the car for like a month because we were just so worried about getting into our things. And we ended up moving out finally. Um, but they just decided that they didn't want to kill the rat. Uh, very Oregon oh. behavior. Um, yeah. and they just decided that it was going to live with us and they named it, uh, Pac after Tupac. Um, and... okay. Well, now you can't, 
my god. I mean, I, I didn't kill my I didn't kill my mouse as my rats, but at least I found traps that will trap them inside and then I release them outside. Exactly. I, I mean, I, like, I was I not trying to the kill rat. it. I'll go on record here for another alibi uh, here. I have is. no defense, Your Honor. I killed the rat because it was gross. And I, I did. I would like to say my defense that I don't. They bring that to the Dude. Rats. Get in at him. I would like to say my defense. I'm 37. I'm the CEO of OG. I do not live in a shithole. But I live in Santa Monica and there's yeah, trees around nice. me. And I have one of the neighbors that had the brilliant idea to leave nuts every day for the squirrels because we're surrounded oh. by squirrels. And it's true. Yeah, the squirrels come and that. eat the nuts, but also the rats. Yeah. Little mouses. I don't so know. My neighbors do that yeah, too. Great, they throw the whole peanuts. Great fucking idea. Like there's food everywhere, guys. They don't need this. Can I just say that yep. in this video game podcast, we've devolved into talking about like rodent capture we can all tell that we're in our 30s i'm very happy to have been here this is this is wonderful yeah this is how old are you lyrical i want the uh, age of real ages i think i'm 33 you. i think, I think? okay do you, no i, I turned you think i turned 33 in uh a month <laughs> okay and how about you trent i'll be honest i always have to just look at the year because i'm born in january so i'm like okay uh 2022 so i'm 31 all yeah. right okay yeah yeah, yeah. you're Almost still a bunch of Whatever. I got, I got and you both kids. you both married? Yeah. I'm married. And I you have, have three kids? I have three kids. I have a four Holy I have shit. an almost I have a four year old, a almost three year old, and a seven month old. Yeah. Dude, that's incredible. Yeah, that's the, dude, this, this is the exact this? same yeah. look that Kyle gave Trent when he said that to him. Kyle couldn't believe yeah. it. He was flabbergasted. Oh, that yeah, guy yeah. it was it was unbelievable. <laughs> I came out of COVID. Yeah, everyone's God. like, "Oh, you've been doing that, huh?" I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got three kids. Hopefully, that's it. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I have no kids. I'm not married. I'm 37. You got rats. I, I you have five I have kids. rats. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have yeah, more kids, unfortunately. Hey, actually, I mean, I talk about this in other podcasts. I never really thought that my life was gonna go this way. I, you know, by the time I was 25, I was like, yeah. By the time I'm 30, I will settle down. Time I was 30, I was like, yeah, but time I'm 35, for sure, I have a wife and a kid. It's tough. Shit happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, obviously, I'm very devoted to my work and my life, and it's not that easy to meet people when you're, like, traveling yeah. 90% of a year. I went, I went out one of the nights, and I went to a karaoke, and I saw such Chinese players, dude. Yeah. I, do you guys knew that Ghost has a twin brother? No. I did not That looks that. exactly like him. Okay, I can put this on the podcast. Podcast, if you're there, Ghost has a twin brother. So I met Ghost and then I met Ghost 2.0. And they both played Dota and they both played position one and they were both in the karaoke with me and for the love of God, I could not tell them apart. That's, that's, that's such that's a fucking great. Dota player thing to do. Be brothers, be both really good, be twins, still play the same role so you can't queue together. What mm -hmm. is that? Well, you didn't say that they're really good, to be fair. Uh, he, he might well, be One of garbage. them is really good. Yeah. <laughs> no, he plays in like Division 2 in China, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's still good. And dude, we got to interact with a lot of the play Chinese players, and many of them actually speak a little bit of English. Huh? Yeah, some of them. Exnova speaks English. Yeah, quite well. Yeah, and then, I mean, obviously we had Faith Vion on our show, mm -hmm. and that was really fun as well. I mean, it was the first time also we got to hang out with Chinese players because right. again we had time, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think Hopefully that we is continue to get to hang out with them. Yeah, that that is one of my favorite things is breaking down the barriers amongst the languages. And I hope it happens more where we get to see more of all the different languages together, um, both Dude, in players and casters, all of it. I'm going to make it happen because I speak Spanish. So I hang out with all the Spanish 
guys the whole time. Yeah. And then we're going to figure out how to get the Chinese people here. Because that will be like my statement for this year, okay? For 2023, OG will have the Monkey Business Show in Spanish. We're going to bring Chinese people and Chinese players and any different languages. Because I found such a huge level of familiarity and, and love for everybody. Like, Seb is fanboying on Faith Beyond at the same time that Faith Beyond is fanboying on Seb. And then we meet with Whisper. And then we're all fanboying for each other. Like, yeah. Seb is the biggest fanboy of, of, of laners in the world. He loves all of them. No, not all of them, but most of them, you know? Well, and it's, it's the international, right? That's what it is. Yeah. So I have yeah. a last story for you. I went to TI7 by myself. It was the first time that I went there. Didn't know anybody, no one there. The first person that I met was Julie Rucco. Yep, I remember. The first person that I went there and I was fanboy <laughs> for you. I was like, holy I shit, remember. it's you, buddy. Yeah, I remember because you came up to me. We were in that outside ring mm -hmm. um, and I was not working. Uh, so I had worked the group stage, but I didn't work the main event in terms of casting. I was doing the B stream. But I remember you walked up to me and I was like, oh, who's this lovely looking 30 year old man um, that's coming <laughs> up to say hi to me? <laughs> but, and you said, you oh, you're in a van. <laughs> you, said, yeah, you said, hi, my name is J.R. Marluna. He's like, you may have before i work with eg people i was like oh nice to meet you and i remember that you saying that you know you're a big fan of what i did and i it stuck in my mind in particular because you seemed like you were just very genuinely excited and happy to be in a space that was you know a dota event it was it was it was really cool and i would say i only bet i only bet on winners i knew how fucking good you were so seeing you doing this year this i was like yes i bet in winners i I was, I was genuinely, I, I thought that you had something really cool going on. I think you have incredibly mastery of, 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 of the voice, which is a great tool to have, mm -hmm. but you seem so excited to actually be part of the games. And I feel that that is actually one of the compliments that I have for both of you. He's a there is some people that have been there already that maybe you are there the whole time, you know? So yes, your craft and your, let's say how good you are carries you with both of you. I feel that you just fucking excited just to be there like you yeah. guys like fuck it's yeah. like am i the one like right now casting secret liquid you know is this happening <laughs> so it, it still does not feel real all the time that's for sure i still have no. that feeling a lot of it it's where like you see your name on like the lower bracket and it's like liquid secret and you're like fuck all right yeah but i think that, that the fans know that you know because yeah. we've been following right. you guys you know so it's like holy shit it's like the the revenge of the nerds you know yeah <laughs> look at them they made that's it true well, and, and that's that feeling that I was describing earlier, that feeling oh, of like, that's you, the you want to, yeah, that, that's <laughs> the feeling of like, you feel like you want to puke. It it's like connects. the, it is, it's like, you're so excited to like go out there and like do stuff and you're like a little nervous and you're a little anxious. But then when you get up there, you're like, this is what we love doing. This is, this is Dota. It's like, it's so beautiful. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think that all of us that I, I think work in, dota or probably the majority of people that work in esports have that feeling to some extent and they mm. get it every now and then and i think that it's uh it's it's cool to see it in everybody because you see it in everybody at some point well again thank you so much for everything that you guys do for dota uh no. i'm a huge fan of what you guys been doing i think that it was a celebration for me to see you guys on the stage you did a fucking incredible work 
And look, for this year, again, the promise that I made is also to try to bring everybody together. This is why we made the Monkey Business Show. Mm -hmm. This is why we do it live. We had like, you know, from Sendarin to Sansfan to Gunnar to my new, if you're there, like if you want to bet on casters, this is the new super guy is, is Seek and Strike. Oh, Seek oh, yeah, and Strike. Yeah, yeah he's great. It's this Richie. fucking kid. Yeah. Richie, this Richie fucking rules. kid is yeah. amazing. I will bring him everywhere that I go. I'm going to bring him in every single one of my dates. I've never seen anybody who is so good at enabling everything that happens around him. Yeah. yeah. yeah him he's a super, superstar. He can do it all. Him and Avo, to me, are definitely like a sort of archetype for a casting duo that work together really well because they just play off of each other so well. Um, mm. I see a lot of what me and Trent do in, in what they yeah, do, too. Same. And I like where the it's two most similar to us, I think. Of of like really, um, I think, and and I think for each of them individually, they work so hard at what they do, and they really have a lot of respect for the game and like the uh, the, the w they they want to like rise to the occasion always, whatever that yeah. occasion is, whatever it's there that they're doing, they want to be excellent at it, which is really yeah. cool. I had both of them in the show, and both of them were amazing, and. Abo is pretty fun because we're both from Spain, right? And there's not many Spaniards there. No, we're kind of hidden in the in there. But yeah, so look, we're gonna bring more talent, bring more people. We will mix and match. You know, today we brought you guys together, but I think that we want to do many more shows, and we're also compromising to do in every major. We're gonna be doing the live shows. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah, we did eight. Whoa. We did eight shows in TI this year. That's eight awesome. shows yeah, in nine are, days. How hard could it be at the majors, right? That's awesome. I love that. So even if we don't qualify to the major, we will be at the major. <laughs> yeah. And I hope, you know, that this becomes a whole new thing that people enjoy doing, you know? And I will try to bring as much light into new voices, new casters, new players. And, you know, we brought already like Entity, Fishman, uh, like we're going to keep on doing it. And I don't know, it's been, it's been honestly really, really fun. You, and I think that the community is very supportive. You asked earlier what you could do to help us. That that doing this is what you could do to help us. Get players to come on and talk about go. themselves. Don't yeah. talk about the game. Talk about what they like, what they love. Or the game too. What they hate. Yeah, the game too. Just, Trent wants you to talk. hear about the game. Just fucking talk. <laughs> yeah. That's but all that, I but that's that that's the best thing that we could do. Because we want to tell the stories, but we need, you know, we need them to be willing to put that out there in the same way that your players already do. Well, boys, thank you so much. This has been amazing. We're going to let the editor figure out how to fucking make sense of this one hour and 45 minute mess. Well. Uh, thank you Sorry. so much, everybody, for tuning in. I hope that I didn't suck too much today. Uh, but yeah, uh, boys, last, last words. Thank you for having us. I, I had a really good time. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, I, I wish you guys all the best because I think you guys are doing great stuff. Yeah, JMR, so get new landlord. And uh, <laughs> thank you very much for going by my schedule. These guys, I was like, yeah, I can either do it at the crack of dawn when my kids are asleep or this time when my kids are asleep. You know what? They made it work for me. So thank you, everyone. Thank you very much. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you.